0: Welcome, podcasters. You are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co hosted by Dr. Ginny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome podcasters to another episode of tell me why today we are continuing on our discussion of how to improve your mental game in sports. We have talked about concentration, imagery, focus, relaxation, meditation. If you haven't heard our earlier podcast, please go back and Listen to those and let us know what you think. As we talk today a little bit more about handling the pressure of high-level competition and how to handle defeat. Today, Ginny is actually on site watching her son's soccer practice. So she's got firsthand knowledge of high-level pressure competition. She can tell us what's going on from the parent's perspective, Athlete's perspective and maybe even the referee's bad calls. Well,
1: that's funny. How are we doing, Jenny? You know what? We're doing great. And I love when we can banter back and forth and get your jabs in. For For those of you who have been listening to the podcast from the beginning, you guys have probably become familiar with Patrick's very sly and coy and innocent <laughs> way of like gut machine. <laughs> <laughs> referee's bad call. You're, you're, I'm shaking my head and i like, wait a minute, what?
0: It's just so you get the hit, but you don't feel it.
1: Right. It's like <laughs> the, the slap your mother gives you. It's been laid It's like, ah, oh, that it's, really hurts.
0: We're probably... So, yeah. So, today, as we go into pressure and dealing with that and, and competitions, and we talked a little bit about this last week, athletes change. Your heart rate changes. Your breathing changes. Your intensity changes you rise to the occasion or you fall apart and and this is really what makes the best of the best athletes the guy that can handle the pressure make it work for them i'm not even sure where to start jenny what what's a good route to work on being better able to improve of handling pressure prep maybe pressure before the competition what to do before we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. first
1: so here's the thing. And I tell people, you know, I was just at a fitness training for referees for soccer. And they were getting, this was, like, I think, and a woman several times. And it was fabulous just to see it. First time, it was my first time ever seeing it. people fitness test. And they were just spectacular. Especially given the times that they had to to make what i tell people all the time and this goes even for folks when they don't have that fitness because you have to wait another another year and what i tell them is that if you think just like with your body that you're going to just train once or twice and you're going to be ready for them i'm just going to troll you know a week or two before the test or you know, train a couple of weeks before my next game or twice before the next game, and it'll be easy. It'll be fine. Then you're sorely mistaken. I'm sure a handful of people can do that, but you have to be consistent in that training. You, you have to be rigorous in your training in order to compete the top of your game. And I'd also tell people if you've had an injury or if you're recovering from an injury, that is ongoing period because you don't have to be doing a sport to re-injure yourself the mind and the body are strongly connected so there are a couple of components there's just the physical component there is the mental component but then there's also the emotional component the emotional piece all those things go together mind body soul if they're not aligned when game time comes or when it's time to perform something, think of it as a, a three-legged table. One of those legs come, come, if it's removed or kicked from under the table, that whole table's falling. It doesn't matter how strong the other two legs are. And that's what people Got don't it. understand.
0: Right. Yeah, that's great information. And it kind of brings me back a little bit to the competition days of The nerves and the stress, the upset stomach, you know, especially before a big competition, you got world team trials, Olympic team trials, or whatever it is, Olympic games. When you're trying to get ready, uh, you know, you got to put your best performance in of your life and you got to have everything flowing correctly, mind, body, spirit, like you're talking. And to get there, one of the best things I remember working on, and it, it, it was a help, was practicing that level of stress in a practice or Mm -hmm. or at smaller competitions. Like I'll do this with the athletes I work with now. We'll say, okay, you know, next Tuesday's practice is going to be Olympic trials. I want you guys prepared the way you're going to do it. I want you eating before the way you're going to do it. I want you thinking this Olympic trials. I want your equipment ready. I want you to have your best uniforms on. I want your head focused, I want you warming up the same way you always do. This is the big day. This is what you're doing. Does the same stress transfer over when they're actually at that practice? Not necessarily, but they're prepping and they're getting things ready to handle at least a prep before they even get to the competition and they they get used to all right, getting my equipment together, getting my uniform together, getting my meal straight, getting. Everything figured out, getting my head on a little bit, you know, which is a good start. And then we have to start worrying about that practice and making that practice a little more stressful.
1: Yeah. Okay. So here's what you're describing, Patrick. In sports psychology, we call it game time conditions. The more game time conditions that you have, the more normal that is, the easier the actual game is the visual the easier performance becomes and i and i equated to this when when i talked to folks if you look at someone who went to a college prep from high school versus someone who might have been home school right. nothing's wrong with most but let's say somebody who went to a college prep, and that's all they do they're in this environment they're immersed in this environment that feels very much like college by the time they get to college, there is no culture shock. There's just more adjustments, right? Here, I'm away from home or whatever. But the rigorous thinking, the ability to, to have good study habits, that, that doesn't need to be developed. They, they have those already because that is what they were, that's how they were trained. They were immersed in those kind of situations. When they go away, that's the norm. That's the norm. You want to train and and think in such a way that it's normal. When I see coaches and parents here treat practice like, okay, today's practice. It's like, there's there's some benefit to that in the beginning. But after a while, it's like, this is practice. At home, if you're doing soccer, the kids should be kicking the ball around. Not like every day, 24-7, but that shouldn't be, like if I toss the ball to them, that that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be like, oh, what? It should be like, oh, yep. it's like you know anything else, right? If you're at at work and you're a programmer and you're used to, say, you're a hacker, like, oh, what? there's there's something I can break into, right? And, then, and if some some new thing comes up, it's like it's not a surprise; it's more of a challenge because yeah. this is what you know, this is what you do. And so if you treat your sport, if you treat your art, your craft, like it's normal and you expect to be challenged, you look forward to the challenge, well, there's not much that can rattle you. And if every That's practice a great way. Was, in a, was the Olympic trial, was practice before your trial, then there's nothing terrifying about it because you're treating it as if anybody can show up. So when the mind is prepared like that, there's not much that can rattle you. And that's the difference when you're talking about being prepared for competition.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I got two points I'm going to make in there. And the first one is that I've learned a new idea within the last few months lately. And it's something that I was talking with a couple of coaches who are working with an athlete who has recently been named world champion His 18 year old kid. He's out there beating the guys who have been doing it for years. And this kid's just on the scene and all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's just dominating. He's, he's kicking butt and taking names. He's just killing it. And I'm, I'm asking the coaches what what is he doing? What's special that he's doing that you can give me, tell me, give me something. You know, I, I love asking that. I love talking to coaches or athletes who work with top other athletes to find out what, what's special, what what drives these guys. And that's all about in that book I'm putting together is, is really what are the requirements to become the best. So what they told me is this kid, I'm going to call him the kid. He's 18 years old, but he's mm-hmm. kicking ass in the world. Every practice, every interval, everything he does is 100% all out. Yep. So every time he steps on the track, every time he puts his equipment on, every time he's ready to go, it's 100% all out. And he is trying to beat his best every single time. Yep. And I'm like, wow, this, you know, so how do you do that? And the response to right. yeah. was, I will do like, immediately right away right, right. your first interval is going to be all out your second interval is going to be slightly slower than that when your third one's slightly slower now you're still going all out maybe you don't even make it to the fifth maybe you're you're done by three or four but you're pushing yourself every single time right. typically on a lot of the workouts i'd give athletes i've worked with okay we have intervals and we're going to stick at this pace you're going to try and do this, this, and this, if it's a really good athlete, they're like, okay, I got that. No problem. And I'm just going to stick at that pace. This is a pace, pace coach gave us. This is what we're going to do. Less talented athletes are working a little harder to stay with that pace, but we're not pushing those top guys. And, and the more I was talking with these coaches about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's again, more common sense philosophy here where if every time you go out there, if you are giving it your all, if that is your goal, if you can get in that mind frame to push yourself a little harder than you've gone before, go as hard as you can and keep making that harder, harder, harder. Yeah, you're going to get exhausted. Yeah, your results are going to go down each interval probably. But when you're rested and you go to game time, and this is what he does when he goes to the international competitions, the world championships, He's used to every time he's stepping on that track, he is given 110% because that's the only mind frame he can think. And he goes out and does it and he will beat his time he did before, which was a world record. Then he goes out the next time, beat his time before, which is a world, another world record. And he's constantly beating his time because that's what he does in practice every single time, every single day, Mm -hmm. every time he's out there. It's just, it's, Something new that I've discovered recently, and I'm going to change my coaching mm-hmm. philosophy based on that because it makes sense. It, well, it makes sense, and yeah, go ahead, mm-hmm. Jenny.
1: Well, you compete the way you train. That's been like that in every sport: taekwondo, soccer, speed skating, roller skating, whatever. You compete the way you train. And so, in the beginning, when I was saying, "Hey, when you're learning something, it's not going to be the way it, it you finish." but that it's not just the physical component that is all mental that is yep. all mind and spirit that is that completely. what may be an a for somebody else might be a c for me that's why we have rankings for schools if we could just go back to high schools and colleges you know you get an a at this school that's like getting a c at that school but if you get a, an a at that school that's like being in college courses in high school you know it it There's more that goes into that. So when your mindset from the beginning, and this mindset is really going to fall, instilling this mindset is going to really fall on the coaches and the parents. If you expect your kid to be their best, and I don't mean the Tiger Mom. I'm Korean, can say that. Say that. I'm from that space. But this is this is about, you know what? It's there's one. There's a difference between burning someone out and making it where it's miserable versus just do your best. I would tell my kid, if a C was your best that day, that's just as good as an A, because that was your best. So what is your best? You you teach a kid, you teach an athlete, whether they're an adult or a, a teenager or a child, to be honest with themselves. This was my best. Now, my best may have been crappy, but I promise you something and I'll put $1,000 on the table for you. If that kid knows what their best is and say it's Olympic trials, I promise you that they might not be doing so well, but that's the kid who would pull it out of somewhere and lap somebody. Yep. Because they know this might be my best now, but this hasn't been my best. I could do better. That is that internal coach that might show up. That is that passion that we've been talking about. This is something that you can train for in a very organic way, but it has to be that. Hey, what is your best kid? And if you tell me that's your best, then that's your best. You can't tell a kid to tell you that's their if that was their best, and then they tell you, you go no, it wasn't. That might have been their yeah. best today, and you go, well, if that that's your best. Are you okay with that being your best? Well, for today. That's good enough. Let's see what your best looks like tomorrow. Or you got three more rounds? Yep. Let's see what your best looks like next round. Yep. We'll see what your best... Right. You build on that. That's why that book, Building Talent in Young Adults, is so important because you build on that. Everybody's not going to maintain a world record. It's about remembering last podcast, the mind needs to know, done it. So I can do it again. This is not my world record. That means... I'm not doing as good as I could have done, which means everybody's beating me. It means that if I'm skating or if I'm running and I fall, I can get up and catch them. We've had fighters who fought with broken, you know, in Taekwondo, broken feet, broken shin guard. Well, we wouldn't let nobody break with a broken shin. But the, the the point is they've been significantly hurt and they've completed whatever sport they were doing. It's not the smartest yeah. thing to do. But a lot of times they didn't even know something was broken. And they still won. And so this is all part of that mind-body spirit, right? That mind-body soul, however people wanna call it. But absolutely get used to being the your best, not the best. There's a difference. Yeah. Used to being your best. Every practice.
0: Yeah, and, and what I'm getting out of what you're you're saying is this is a a mindset. You have to train your mind, and exactly what we're talking about—the prep of getting ready for these high-level competitions. You have to train your mind to be in that, get into that zone, to be in that space, to to be able to push yourself absolutely as hard as you can regularly. If you go into your normal practices—baseball, football, whatever it is—and you're just like. Yeah, I'm just getting through practice today. You know, I'm going to take it easy. I'm a little tired from last night or whatever. You get in a habit of that. You don't get in a habit of putting that game face on every practice and giving 110%. And when it comes to the game, you know, you're probably going to get up to your 80 or 90%. You're not going to get to that full 100% potential. Get into that mindset, that mentality of every time you step onto that court, field, ice, whatever it is, you're going full tilt, and that your mind is prepped and ready to go as hard as you can. And this is this is comments for life, for work, for yep. sports, for anything. Yep. Give it all and or go home. And but training yourself mentally to be in that place to get to your preparation. So you're doing it in practice. So it's easier. So a competition is just as hard or just as easy, if not easier than a practice where at a competition you got one race one game whatever it is and practice you're pre- training for hours or mm-hmm. you know multiple intervals whatever competition day is your easy day and I yeah go ahead
1: I was gonna say absolutely and it you and I were chatting before we started recording I said yeah this was a hard week for me I had a hard few weeks you know with business being busy and and trying to keep everything and I, I do have to get I, I do use a lot of the sports psychology for, for my own business. I'm an entrepreneur. I own my own business. And it, it doesn't change. Everything you need to learn, you learn in kindergarten and you perfect it in school. And then on top of that, you execute and you in school. That's why sports are so important. Yeah. It's not that sports is going to get you this, you know, a gazillion dollar deal. It could for a small group of people, but sports and, Teaching you how to live your life. It teaches you about, you know what, today was a really shitty day. It, it just was the shittiest fucking day that you could have. Well, reset said, see what tomorrow looks like. I thought that's all you can do. And sometimes my best today may be a freaking Dean plus. It just may yeah. be, or maybe a solid F. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> I'm not even sure what the hell that was, but this was an F day. And you yeah. can make F stand for whatever you like. So, at the end of the day, I I don't have the brain to even process or reflect. That might not happen for two days. And I don't have to be okay with that because that's my best that day. And I have to be honest with my clinicians. I'm like, you know, I hear what you're saying. I don't have anything for you other than X, Y, and Z. What do you see? Or from even my patients, I'll say, you know what? I know what that feels like because we've all been there. It, it doesn't yep. mean that you have failed. It just means you're human, and today might—it just might not be your day, and that's yeah, okay no. too.
0: Yeah, no, and that, that's a great point because we have all been there. And you know, some days it just puts your head down and get through it. And usually, there's hopefully there's something you can learn from it. And we're going to get down to being able to handle defeat here in a few there minutes. You, go. you know, and turning it around to make it a learning experience somehow. But to wind up a little bit more on getting ready for competitions is I was going back thinking a little bit when I was competing and I used to go to competitions where there'd be a more of a local or regional competition, didn't have the pressure or I, let me take that back, didn't have the competition against me that I would have at a national or, or international competition. So I was expected to win, I will put it. Mm -hmm. I had a harder time dealing with pressure at those competitions that I did at national or international competitions because I had that pressure on myself. It's like, there's no one here that should beat me. Mm -hmm. I should be Mm -hmm. able to take this pretty easily, but you can't mess it up. You got to have your, your act together. And usually you're not as prepared. You know, it's a little easier competition, but like I said, you practice, you, you brace how you practice and you, you can put it together in your practices and you keep working that way you're gonna perform better when you need to and i'll go back to another thing you said about you know pushing yourself mentally through practice i was had this conversation with a few athletes last week you know we're going over training schedule for next year i'm like At least there's gonna be some hard work here and like oh you know why why are we working so hard i'm like well you know it's not only the physical work that you're getting out of this. You're gonna go through some of these workouts and you're gonna tell yourself, wow, I can't believe I completed that. Mm -hmm. And that's gonna stick in your head. And you're gonna be like, I did that and I could do it again and I could do it again. I can do it again, I can do do even more. And it is gonna get harder than that. You do these hard workouts, you push yourself hard, you push yourself all the way. That builds up a mental capacity, I'm gonna call it that, that mm-hmm. allows you to be able to push yourself that hard in practice or in a competition. Like, hey, you remember what I did in practice? You remember what I put myself through? I made it through that. That was the hardest thing I ever did. I can handle this competition, this game, this race, whatever it is. No problem. I got this.
1: Spot on. And I love the fact that you were talking about the local, regional competitions that made yes, challenging and single Olympics. Those are often the hardest. And I'm going to tell people why. It teaches you never to underestimate an opponent. It teaches you, you to respect everyone who sets foot in that sport that you're about to compete against. Because how many times in taekwondo or speed skating or soccer did you think, you know, does somebody think I got this? I'm going to lap them. I'm going to, you know, beat them. Blah blah blah. I'm going to gap them. Whatever, and they get knocked out. Literally, if you're in, if you're a fighter or right. If you're a skate like you get dusted. And it is very humbling for you, for your ego. And it does inflate the person's ego could beat you, but that that's neither good nor there. The point is is that it teaches you to be respectful. It teaches you to respect the art. You respect everybody who you're with whom you're competing. And it it keeps you grounded. And it makes yeah. sure it makes you focus on all those little things and it makes you make it look easy this is where you get to refine everything you've learned in practice you don't ease up on them you might be able to to take it easy but you don't ease up on them because you're not competing against them you're competing against yourself so you might be refining what you've learned in
0: practice. yeah you got it that's That's exactly, and that's actually what I, what I went through. And and there were always times where someone else showed up out of nowhere and like, oh my gosh, I'm going (laughs) to have to really put it together today. And you know, that pressure was a lot harder. Like I said, when you go to the big competitions, you're like, I got nothing to do, but give it all I got and see how the results come out and no pressure on me. I, I'm going to give it everything I got and we'll see how it goes. Mm Mm-hmm those smaller competitions can be can be difficult but also as we we're talking a great place to practice the pressure of getting level for getting ready for those high level competitions hit and this is a point i've brought up to a lot of athletes i've worked with hit as many competitions as you can during your preseason yep. your regular season to get ready for the big game the big yep. race practice different things, practice different strategies, practice different prep, practice eating different foods, practice different rest periods, different peak training, getting ready for that competition. I don't think you can attend enough pre-competition races, games, whatever it is to get ready for the big game to learn things about yourself, learn how you're going to react it's, it's nothing but great knowledge and experience that yep. you can turn into wisdom when you need it on game day. And yep. hit as many competitions as you can, place some pressure on, you get used to dealing with that pressure, and you learn to use that pressure to your advantage for that race, for that game, and, and use it to help you perform better.
1: Absolutely. I didn't realize what it took to go into being a referee or something. I really didn't. So there was a, the people fitness test. And then there was, that I did not partake in. Because I, one, I knew that. I mean, I'm not doing that thing. And then I was on a semi-professional game Saturday with one of the guys who did. And he was, he had the whistle and I was ar too And I got to tell you, I was impressed with myself. I was 50 years old at a semi frame game. With these, you know, twenty-something-year-olds, I, I, I nice. impressed myself. And when I had two high school games Monday night, it was nothing. <laughs> wow! But, you know, we all got assessed. You know, they we all got our feedback, and I learned some great stuff about me. But those those two high school games on Monday, nothing. I had no cards that I had to give out because I took in not just what I was told about my refereeing and how to improve it and finesse it. But I listened to the feedback that they gave the center and they gave it the other aim. And I was like, oh, I'm going to practice this. And it was the most beautiful game. And thoroughly, that was probably one of the best nights of refereeing them. It was so much fun. We ejected a, a ball runner, which was it's silly on his part. But the point was, even in the ejection, it was beautiful. It had nothing to do with anything personal. He didn't like it, but yeah,
0: you know, he had to do it. Yeah.
1: Right? And there was just something more beautiful about that sport and about my role in it. And I, for the first time in, in my, gosh, what, over 20 years now of doing sport, that I realized what athletes mean when they say, this is a beautiful sport. Every nice. sport is beautiful. And it's when you get some feet, higher level that you apply and maybe a smaller level that you go Yeah, with yeah it's not that it's not fun at the higher level it's that oh i have nothing to lose here i'm just gonna do i'm gonna practice and you get to really enjoy and so i for that reason alone people should go to the smaller and and maybe not as as high level events and just and just play there and just try and practice what you've learned in, in all these high-level games, you'd be surprised at how much more fun you have too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just along that point, I've worked with a lot of athletes who like, yeah, I don't, I don't need those smaller competitions. I just like going to the big ones and I don't need to waste my time on those. And then they get to the big ones and they don't know how to mm-hmm. handle it. They can't handle the pressure. They don't know how to prep for it. Mm-hmm. And and they're really, they're wasting their time or practice. I've told athletes, you get and and different sports vary, I'm sure. but you can gain about a month's worth of knowledge in one competition or heavy tournament of games than you can in a month's worth of practice. <laughs> if you go to one heavy duty game and give it all you got and you learn things from that game, you're gaining more in that game than you can do in a whole month and
1: i want you to say that one more time because somebody just uh pushed pause to try to hear that again say that one more again for the people in
0: it's gold i mean you can get so much more out of a heavy duty competition or pushing yourself hard in a competition than you can in a month of practice again that varies on different sports but uh i've had Athletes leave a competition and come back to practice, and they're already competing faster times yep. and better than they were. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I don't realize how I'm going this fast or how I'm doing this. I'm like, You just came back from a competition where you had to, you were forced to yep. push yourself harder and faster than you've ever done before. That means you're coming back. If you can go and do that every weekend, every other weekend, your ability goes through the roof without even. Working harder at it, you're just hitting those competitions and pushing yourself harder. And
1: if you're in a position where you can't create real game time conditions in your practice, that is your real game time conditions. People don't yep. realize that they're just like, oh, we're going to scrimmage if you're a soccer player, or, or you know, if you're doing basketball or something. But if you can actually get a game, even if it's not an efficient but just to really compete at something, that is your real game time condition because you don't know the outcome. You don't know the outcome. You don't. You might not know these people, or you might be familiar with them, or say you do, but now you've mixed up the teams, and they're they're just as as gung ho on winning as you are. So you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to be present, and you have to show up, and then you amaze yourself at what you can do. Yeah, and that's the yeah.
0: beauty. I agree. It's and, and it, this is great knowledge for our listeners. It's it's something I've worked with beginners to Olympic level athletes, and This is something I try to ingrain in their training is get used to going these competitions, get used to pushing yourself. And now, like I told you, I've learned just recently about just how important it is to every practice to give a hundred percent. Even if you're doing intervals that are supposed to be at a pace or you're at baseball practice and you're just, you know, taking it easy out in the field or you give it half an effort going for the ball or running bases. That's not helping you. That's not helping you get ready for the big game for the next big competition. You really want to be good. You want to be the best of the best. You have to be able to push yourself to your max every time you step on the field, court, ice, whatever it is. And then that will be your norm. You will continue to learn how to do that. And your game time results will increase dramatically.
1: Tell athletes, now I'm going to share this quote that most people have probably already heard. And I hope it means something or resonates in a different way today. Sometimes when you lose, you win. And sometimes when you win, you lose. You learn more from a loss than you will never learn from a loss. Whenever Jimmy. someone gives that that butt whooping to you, you gotta remember to duck.
0: that would that's a perfect segue into what else we wanted to talk about today was handling defeat and being able to handle defeat correctly and using it to your advantage and that is my main point Mm -hmm. that i wanted to bring across with that is get some information out of that what did you do wrong so you had a competition a game you lost you got your ass handed to you What would you do different next game? Yes. You have to learn What you have to hang your head low while you're leaving. You're you're a little bummed out, Mm -hmm. you're depressed, you're mad at yourself, you're mad at your team, you're mad at your coach, whatever it is, your equipment. You got excuses everywhere. Taking those excuses and putting it aside. Maybe you got to cool down for a few hours to a day or two. Step back and look, relook at your event hopefully while it's still fresh in your mind, what could I have done differently to change that outcome? What can I learn from that?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, to lose is one of the the most humbling experiences anybody can have, but it is probably the biggest gift that anyone could give you. Um, it's like the gift that keeps on giving because it's not just in that moment that you realize something, it's over- years, decades, that, that something will come back in the,
0: that's, yeah,
1: I was that person. I was that guy, that guy. I was them that day that part of me showed up. That's why I was, you know, when we play sports, it's like a time release, you know, Tylenol capsule or something, right? It's just like over time, when you're ready to realize things about yourself, you'll realize it in your life when other things start to happen and it's safe for you to see that for yourself. That's the beauty of the loss. It doesn't hit yep. you all at one time, right, right after it's a time release. And it, it shows up over time. And that is the beauty of a loss. Nobody wants to keep losing, but I gotta tell you what, my kids team never losing so much that we were like, we won. Like that's how bad, <laughs> that's how bad. <laughs> And so, sure felt
0: good though. I bet
1: <laughs> we were in shock, so we didn't feel good until like maybe three hours. Like, oh my god, you won that. Yeah, you're getting ice cream, yeah. it's like two days later or something. But the point is, is <laughs> it's just like you won, but that'll stick with me. I don't ever want to feel that way. It's not that I don't ever want to lose, no one wants to move, but I don't ever want to feel that way, which is I just won't do something. I'm good enough that's a team yeah. thing like we are right we are tired it wasn't i am so like we are tired of losing yeah what are we doing and so not just does the individual learn something but a group learn something even if they go to different teams as they get older you learn that we do this together we yep. win or we lose there might be a michael jordan on this team but he can't play by himself. He can't cover this whole court. We yep. do this. And and I think once you can teach a child as early as possible, and, and, and this is for us adults too, as parents, as coaches, as refs, once we realize that, you know what? You know, shit, we're not going to, it's statistically impossible for you to win. So I, I have to get my head right around when I lose. Because I'm not going to yeah. win every time. I'm not going to get the job offer. I'm not going to get the promotion every time. I'm not going to get the answer right every time. And I need to figure out for myself how to be okay with that and what keeps me from learning and being okay with it. That's each individual's journey. Talk about it with your Therapist or counselor with you. But you need to figure that We need yeah. to help our kids figure that out more safely.
0: Agreed. Yeah, and parents. Yes. There's a lot of parents that need to learn how to handle that, as no, we, we talked about in our first segment. Yeah, You know, one thing I'm, I'm taking that from that too is, like, what hurts you when you win too much, okay? If, not too much. I, I don't know if, if that's worded right. You when cocky. you're winning a lot. You get cocky. When you win, right. I'll say you're winning a lot. I think, I call it, you get soft, okay? You get cocky, you get soft. You maybe are pushing yourself less hard at practice because you it's getting easy. I'm winning all the time. The guy who is not winning that often or is losing a little bit more, what's he doing at practice? He's working twice as hard. He's sick and tired of losing. He wants your throne. He wants to dethrone you from winning all the time. The guy, the, the, the ultimate attitude there is the guy who keeps winning, but then keeps pushing himself because he likes winning. And I like winning and I'm going to keep pushing myself harder and harder and harder. Because I like where I'm at. If you keep winning and you're like, eh, this is getting a little easy. I don't need to go to practice today. I'll just take a day off. Pretty soon, you're going to get swallowed up and mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a new champion sitting on that throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, to, to take away from that handling defeat, as you said, take something from that. Go back, figure out what, can you, what you can do better. Every time you lose, maybe even every time you win, There's times where you, actually every time I'm sure you can go back, you can think about your competition, your game, and I could have done this better. I can do that better. If you can't do that, you are as good as you're ever going to get. You're not going to improve anymore. You have to be able to find something from every practice, every competition, every win or loss to take away and say, all right, I can do this better. This is how I'm gonna improve.
1: Let me ask you something. And this and I do want everybody who's listening
0: to to replay this if you can't tune in right
1: now, but I want to ask you something. So what happens when you are winning? What what would you tell your athlete? And they, they're just they're just really good. What would you tell them? They're really good in their division, in their
0: space, whatever. What would you tell them to do? You know, it's funny, I have a whole chapter about that in my upcoming book, mm-hmm. and it really talks about when you are at the top and you just get there, you look down and maybe you're like, oh man, I'm going to take a break. I'm going re- to, I need a breath. I've been working so hard to mm-hmm. get here, but then you take two seconds off and you got everybody beneath you is trying to take your throne away from you, but the best thing I can come up with, and i wrote about this, is w- taking a, a step back, looking at your program, your training, your philosophy, and start picking it apart for improvements. There's always a way to improve. There's always a way to make a change. So if you are at the top, it's going to be even harder for you to stay there. You have to keep improving. You have to keep making changes. You have to keep finding ways to get better because if you don't, the guy behind you will and he will eat you up and spit you out if you think you've got to the top and hey, I'm there, I'm comfortable, I'm good.
1: So in addition to that, because you are spot on, what I tell people is what you see happen in youth sports all the time. You play up. There you go. Right. So if you have a a kid or an athlete and they're beating everybody in the division. You play them up, yep, right? Because now they're not going to win because these mm-hmm. other kids are stronger. They're more experienced than they are. So now they're going to have to play harder. They're going to have to play smarter, right? Because they're not going to be as 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 stronger as as fast. So they have to figure something else out. They're going to have to learn how to think differently about the sport. So you know, for someone like Lionel Messi or Ronaldo or whatever or Michael Jordan, what you do is you, you go and you look for someone. You go and you look for someone who's better than you. You, you have maybe not a Barack Obama because, of course, your secret service for People are going to let you win. You don't want to get like blackballed or anything like that. But the, the, the point is, is you go look for someone to challenge you and mm-hmm. you look for something better. Or if you really gotten to the point where you are the best in the whole world, whatever, you develop, you develop a different part of you. Maybe you meditate, yep. right? If everything is physical, maybe you develop your, your emotional regulation. Maybe you develop your spirituality. Maybe you develop your ability to strategize, right? Maybe you do a different sport and you you know start over from the beginning in something completely unrelated and then you come back to it. Will people be better than they were and they might want to take you? Take your throne absolutely and that's fantastic that you should yep. it's like finally yes now you can take all the new stuff that you learned with the old stuff and now you got you got yourself a challenge because to your point everyone needs to take a break everyone needs to take a break so somebody else can catch up because it's no fun at the top so, without a challenge what's the point in it
0: yeah. Well, and that challenge comes from within. Yes. And, and those guys, like a Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, these guys, they get used to being up there, and, but they don't, they don't take a day off. They, I like winning. I like being up here. And as soon as I see someone getting near as good as I am, they up their game. And, and that's what I was talking about, looking at your program, looking at your training all right, it's time to make some changes. This has worked for us. This worked for us. We can up this. We can change this. We need a little more psychology practice. We need more massages. We need extra days off, less days off. We need more weights. We need more conditioning. Whatever it is, there's something you can change to get yourself better. And that's all part of learning from the defeat and learning from winning. Take something away from that, from every game, every competition you are at, win or lose, take something away from that and look at it and say, All right, I can still do this better, whether I won or lost.
1: And here's the thing. And then what happens after that? What's the other thing that you can do to develop yourself to become better at your sport? And if if you're at the if you're truly at the top, or even if you're not at the top, how do you become better? How what do you truly do? And this is something that I really like about US soccer.
0: What can you do? I think you have to push the envelope in terms of developing something new. And this uh, this is what I've always thought, just come up with a new strategy, new idea, new technique, new drill, new move that no one's done before. What
1: can you do, though, that doesn't have to do with you, but has everything to do with you?
0: You're going to have to give me the answer, Jane. So
1: I'm Jewish. So there's a saying, if you want to learn, teach got it so when you are really good even if you're just okay you teach Sumba. so say you are the best and, and there's just really no place for you to figure out in the middle of a of an area that there's just not much by way of, of competition i know my light is getting dark here just but that's when you you become a mentor maybe you you coach yep. maybe you you train a couple of people, maybe you show up out of practice and go, Hey, can I, can I, help out? Or you coordinate something with somebody else's coach. But if you ever want to learn, teach, because it forces you to think about what it is you do and why you do it. What do you think you and I have been doing this entire podcast? We have been teaching, yeah. but we've also been learning. We both have been going. Oh.
0: Yeah. You know, I got lucky and I, I had that experience by accident when mm-hmm. I was 18, a club I was working with that didn't have a coach mm-hmm. and they were like, well, you're one of the better athletes here. <laughs> you know, if we cover your expenses, do you mind coaching? And I'm like, all right, I've never done it before, but sure. I can save some money this way. And I remember going to my first practice and all right, I'm the coach now. What am <laughs> I going to do here? And I remember looking around and just thinking, all right. How do I explain this? how How do I figure this out? How do I tell these guys to do this? And i it forced me to relook at the sport, relook at what I was doing. I was still competing at the mm-hmm. time. So it really, and I, I, that's great you brought this up. It helped me immensely to have to dissect the technical parts, the physical parts, and teach it to somebody else. And at the same point, I'm learning. Yep why I did things, how I did things, how I was going to make it better and taught myself a world of new stuff okay. and my levels rose right along with and that. So, Great so information.
1: Said, come up with a new technique. That is how new techniques get created. You're teaching something. You're explaining yep. it to somebody. You want to come up with a really good technique? Or realize something that just is phenomenal. You know, like I forget the 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 gymnast, I forget what it's called, that loopity thing that, you know, is banned from gymnastics now, the double loop or something. Try to explain that to somebody.
0: Without any gymnastics right, people saying, taking offense. I'm attention. sorry, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> but they know who I'm talking about. But, yeah. but the point is, is that that is how we come up with great ideas. We talk about it. We explain it. And then we realize something that can make it better. Or we realize an offshoot of something. So, so if you are really, really good, teach and you'll learn something about yourself and about the, the art or the craft that you're teaching. And the other thing in that you're creating, you're developing your competition. You're developing someone who will be inspired by you, who you'll probably never compete with. Michael Phelps at this yep. point, you know, he's probably still swimming. He's probably still in this pool swimming as but I bet you he would just love an opportunity one day to get beat. We all do. We yeah. all want to get beat and we all know that that person going to go, you are the one to beat. That is what makes us smile. Yeah. Right? Because it can't stand.
0: Yeah. It. That's great wisdom there, Jenny. And it's, it worked for me. It helped me improve my career immensely. Once I started coaching and, and learning about how and why I did what I did and teaching it to others. We're going to do a quick wrap up as we always do, I'm going to step and kind of go back through. And,
1: because oh, look at that! <laughs> and there's like Okay, I got to just open my door. Now
0: we're going Quick wrap up and and, and take us through mm-hmm. just a couple of, of fine points that we can recommend to our athletes, coaches, parents, or referees that are listening. Let's let's look at handling the pressure of competition first. And, and then being ha- handled the feet, you want to start us off yeah, tuning? you know,
1: allow yourself to, allow yourself to, to, to practice game time, game, real game time conditions and normalize that. So the pressure won't get, you know, so out of control where you fold under it. It's one of those things where, oh, this is part of the game. This is what I do. Something changes. I can adapt to that a lot. Right? So that, that's what I would say for the pressure and as far as the feet expect to lose you're not going to like it but what can you take from it what did you just learn about yourself what did you just learn about the what what did yep. you just learn and it's a time release capsule. So it will you will learn things over time and that's how it's supposed to be that's how learning happens
0: Let it unfold. yeah and for myself i think in, when it comes to handling pressure competition start getting to every competition you can, start pushing yourself through that pressure, put yourself in pressure situations, whether it's in practice or smaller competitions, get used to learning how to handle that and and do it as often as possible. When you get to that bigger competition, it's gonna be easier. You'll at least have a better grip on how to handle it. Handling defeat, as I think the saying goes, you learn more from mistakes than you do from from a, a win and take that. And even from a win, if you can go from any competition game or anything and take something away from there, write it down and say, okay, I lost because of this, or I could have done this better. And like I said, even when you win, you have a good day, what else could I have done better? I still could have done X better. And if you work on those things, write it down and know what it is, instead of just going away from a loss or a win and be like, ah, Dan, I sucked today. I did terrible. And you know, oh, well, I'll do better next game. If you don't have a takeaway from that, that loss is not going to help you at all. And you're probably going to do the same thing next game. All right, podcasters, really appreciate you guys hanging out with us today and working on our how to improve our mental game. Feel free to leave us some comments in the comment section. Let us know what you like, what we can do better, and we will get back to you as we can. And Stay tuned for our next podcast.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye.
0: Bye.